0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of Fireside Chat with the Bear Bard. This is where I sit down with the best and brightest of the RPG space and get to know them both around the table and everywhere else. Today is a special treat as we have author of Wally DM's Journal of Puzzle Encounters and co-author of, as of this recording, new Kickstarter The Quintessential Guide to Monster Encounters, as well as running his own YouTube channel, the man, the myth, legend, Wally DM.
1: Wally, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Well... Number one, thanks for having me, and the best and the brightest. I don't think that's ever been on my plate before. I appreciate that. Um, yes, I am Wally Diem. I do have a YouTube channel. I focus on puzzles and traps, and the Journal of Puzzle Encounters is my pride and joy. It is on RPG. It is a lot of fun. And yes, currently in the midst of a Kickstarter, the quintessential guide to monster encounters. Awesome. Uh, so
0: I, I always like to start off every question and, and by the way, the, the best and brightest is definitely warranted. You know, you get, uh, you get your own book, you at least get on that, that discussion. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm in good company, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, seriously, if you guys haven't had a chance, yeah. definitely check out his channel. He's got great stuff, Thanks, man. Uh, especially obviously when it comes to, to puzzles and, and all that kind of thing, but it's just a great channel, great delivery and entertaining videos. So definitely, definitely worth a, a subscription.
1: Appreciate that. Inspiration point to you, my friend.
0: <laughs> guess the rest of this is going really well. Uh, so I always like to start off with a simple
1: question. What got you into D&D or whatever your first RPG was? That is an amazing story that took place a long, long time ago. My very first experience with Dungeons & Dragons was actually in the fifth grade. And I won't even go into the year because I can't even remember that far back. But <laughs> I do believe the Dungeons & Dragons original red box was probably out about then. But I was at lunch, fifth grade. One of my friends was like, hey, we're going to play Dungeons and Dragons. He sat me down. He shifted a character sheet over to me. We created my very first character, a human fighter. And for the next 20 minutes, I had a mini solo adventure that included my fighter and some type of a talking dagger. I got so excited to play D&D. It introduced me to this brand new game. Looking forward to playing again the very next day. And when I went to school, I found out that he was moving away. But six months later, I found the Dungeons and Dragons red box, and then I started running my own games for my brother and my friends. So that that person out there, Jason Kinzer, if you are still out there somewhere, thanks for getting me into D and D all those years ago. I kind of Like, hopefully, you're not dead at this point in your lifetime. Uh, uh Jason Kinsey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I know people forget yeah. that that a lot of times like it, D&D used to be just played with like one person, you know. Now it's like, oh, we have to have mm-hmm. you know, at least 3 or 4 people, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that used to run it just one-on-one. Uh mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's awesome. Do you play
1: anything else besides uh D&D or have you dabbled in anything else? I have played a few other games. I started playing Pathfinder for a short time. So I did take a 15 year break from about 2001 to 2016. And I, I, you know, I was married. My kids were of that age. So I was, you know, being dad, I was working two jobs, things like that. But in 2016, I had a friend that wanted to play Pathfinder. And I was like, well, what's that? And he said, well, it's like Dungeons and Dragons. It's like, oh yeah, definitely. I know how to play that. And that is how I got back into, I played Pathfinder for about six months and I was ready to quit. And then I found 5E. But that is probably the only other TCG game I've played. Or not TCG, but a, a role-playing game that I've played. I, I have played like a, a solo adventure in Star Wars and, and a few other ones here and there. But nothing on a long-term basis. Man, I'm putting together a Morkborg game. I will have to get you in, in that.
0: It's, uh, <laughs> Morkborg It's awesome. It's brutal but I'm going to have to get you in, in on that. Uh, is, is, is Morkborg, is that, is that newer? Yeah, it's newish. So what it okay. is, is it's, think of, it's Swedish. So okay. think of like Swedish death metal uh-huh. and then make it more crazy and then combine it with some D&D in, okay. in a low magic setting.
1: All right. Well, here's a funny story about Morkborg. So last year, my puzzle book came out in 2020. And in 2021, I was nominated for an Emmy Award. And for the book, and I kept losing to Morkborg. And I was like, what is this Morkborg? (laughs) And why is it just, it was, Morkborg was cleaning house. So I was watching the innies and it was like winning every award it was nominated for. It was insane. I was just like, what is this? But it was, yeah, that's, that's my only experience with it. So yeah, you'll have to introduce, introduce me to it at some point. I don't know. I
0: feel like now I need to boycott it since it it took your award. No, no, (laughs) that's cool, man.
1: It's well-deserved. I'm sure it's well-deserved.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just, it's a, it's an OSR. It's just, it's crazy. Like literally, the first, uh, I've, you know, I've only played it for a very little amount of time, but literally like, uh, the guy who GM'd it, he mm-hmm. literally's like, okay, well, so we're going to make you three characters each <laughs> and then go into it. And like, cause like the, the classes are, are crazy. There's like gutter born scum, uh, uh, wretched royalty, uh, just, you know, the, everything's just like. Crazy. Like you could start a character and literally have one health point. And that, that's that's insane. a very yeah. I mean, you know, decent is like three health points, you know. <laughs> it uh oh, wow. you know, it, and and you know, it's not always a grind fest. mm-hmm but it could be a grind fit, you know? <laughs> so it, it's awesome, though. The book is, is, I'll have to send you a picture. You can Google the book. Okay. It's like, it's just, you look at the art is just nuts. It looks like it was made by a crazy person. Like, literally, there's, like, pages that are just upside down and stuff. But yeah, but, but it does a really good job, like, like the uh, the beginning adventure that I'm in there. It does a way mm-hmm. better job than D, uh, the, uh, of the D&D of, mm-hmm. of, of, like, talking you through things and all that. So it's, it's fun. And then, like, you're just, there's a lot of little things. You know, the equipment. Getting your equipment in the beginning is actually like you go to a shop and that's what it is. Like you're supposed to role play that, like going to the shop and buying your stuff.
1: So that's that's in character creation. But um That's that's awesome. Yeah. I mean it's an award winner by a landslide. So I mean it's gonna <laughs> be great, right? <laughs> yeah, and actually they just
0: came out with uh uh um, cyberborg Cyber or something like that. Okay. It's it's Markborg, but but Cyberpunk. So uh it looks good. I don't know if it's out yet or it's coming out or uh right. it, it's on its way if it's not out yet. Um oh, that's insane. Cool. So uh but going back to so so you're you're very uh familiar with D and D, you have know, 5e and all yep. that,
1: obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. What uh if if anything, would you change about it? What would I change about 5e? I I don't think I'm gonna get my chance. I mean, with one D D coming along, there's not a lot left to change, obviously. Um, probably number one on my hit list is 5e as it is now has got to be passive perception. And it's just, I struggle with passive perception. I, I loved it. I hated it. I, I loved it again. I, I hated it. We, we fought. We made up. We went out. We broke up. I mean, passive perception and I have a long, long history together. And I would probably change that. In fact, I did in my own game. And I, uh, I, I could go into a long story. I don't know if if that's where we want to go. But yeah, my answer on that, Mister uh, Bearbart, is going to be passive perception. That's what I would change. No, oh, well, you said you have a story for us. Let's hear it. Okay, all right. Um, well, I kind of broke it up. Passive perception. I've I seen a lot of live plays. I've seen passive perception used a lot of different ways. I was using it in different ways in my game. I was taking it out. I was putting it back in. I was trying different things. And the way the way that I found that it works is it's just simply a passive score. And a lot of it I will keep true to the 5E rules. I mean, you can use passive perception to roll against stealth and things and things of that nature. But what I didn't like about passive perception in the rulebook was taking the passive score when you didn't roll. So if I, if I asked for a roll and you rolled like a nine, like, well, I have a passive perception of 12. I'll just take that. And and that just, I, I just never liked that at all. And so now when I ask for a perception roll, it's an active check as opposed to a passive check. So I'll, I'll use passive. And, and for those of those that like to have a high passive perception, I'm definitely using that. I will In fact, I'll let them know if they walk into a room, I have passive perception scores written on my DM sheet and I'll see who's got a 15 or higher and I will point things out that they will see. So I utilize passive perception in the game. And in fact, I use less active perception now unless they ask me or tell me that their character is actually looking for something then I don't even make perception rules anymore. Does that make sense? I hope that made sense. Yeah, no, actually,
0: that that's just, that's how we've kind of always run it as well. It's it's one of mm-hmm. those, like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really make sense to, uh, doesn't really make sense to, like, be able to pick and choose. So, yeah, it's always been just like, yeah, you walk in, like, there's, there's mm-hmm. a difference between passive, you know, because, like, there's just, like, when you're just hanging out in a room, you know, not looking around. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that should be counted differently than like, I'm actively searching for, you know, like you're looking for your keys. Yeah. You know, right. if, if you're looking for your keys, you're going to find them. If you're just walking through the house, you're probably not going to find them. Right. Yeah. So Exactly.
1: And technically, I mean, every score can have a passive score. You can have a passive history. You could have a passive stealth, passive acrobatics. You could be like, okay, make a, make an acrobatics check. And I, and I roll a nine, but I'm like, well, my passives of 15. Like, uh, okay. You know, I mean you can do that for every ability score. So, um, and 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 for those of you that are listening, if I quoted those rules wrong, I apologize because I read the rules once. I probably read that rule probably about three or four years ago, and I've just kind of uh fluctuated from there. So uh my apologies if I did get any of that wrong, but that's how I remember it, and and that's what I would change. So what's gonna happen is you're just gonna get flamed. All one of your videos is gonna get just Bandwidth. Yeah. i can't believe you really thought that was the rule <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why i don't discuss rules on my channel because i'm so bad at them but i do try to understand them and i do i do most use most of them most of the time honestly so cool. in my opinion like it, it's
0: all they're all there for you to have fun so yeah. the rules are great to have and use until they're mm-hmm. no longer providing you fun you know yeah. I'm I'm very yeah. very much you know very loose with it all. So, I you know I I probably could do a better job personally like keeping two rules. And I you know I will if one of the players is like oh well that's you know I'll look at it. But but you know the rules are there to serve you. You're not there to serve the rules. So yeah. that's all I'm saying. There we're not in an official tournament. Have fun with it. <laughs> so <laughs> you know as long as you're
1: doing that, that's all that matters. Um, I agree, <clears throat> and I feel much better about that. Thanks for thanks for letting me uh, uh, have a platform on that. I appreciate it. I got you. Yeah, we'll we'll just gonna rename this
0: uh, Wally DM soapbox. Why he hates. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna yeah. title the the video Why he hates D and
1: D. But I mean, rules. It doesn't matter anyway because they're gonna change so many of them with One D and D anyway. So I mean, you know. Yeah. So I, I guess that, that
0: that's that, that's not a bad idea to bring up. Like, what? So what do you think of One D and I, I personally just I'll be honest. I haven't got into it as much. I've mm-hmm. wanted to, but I just have
1: had so little time. So, I mean, it sounds like you've kind of looked into it. What do you, you think that i want in D&D? Uh, so far, I love it. I mean, there's a few things that I'm like, what in the world is going on here? But most of it I really like. Now, I haven't spent as much time with the second PDF that's come out, but there was one part of the bard that I was super excited about, and that is using bardic inspiration on a reaction rather than just giving it out. And that's probably because I love playing bards. And so if I if I'm playing a bard and I give a player or a uh, character bardic inspiration and and that die is sitting there and they never use it hopefully because they don't need to use it, but maybe they forget or whatever. And I just like, look at that every time it's my turn. I was like, I give you bardic inspiration. I hope you get to use it. But with, But with 1D&D, if they change it, you can use it as a reaction. So be like, okay, everybody, you know, if somebody attacks, rolls a 12 and misses, I can use my reaction to give them bardic inspiration and then hopefully pass. And I I just, I I love that rule. I think think it's probably one of my favorite changes so far. No, I like that. Like uh, any chance that somebody could like make bards more useful.
0: I'm always down for, and I mean it makes sense too, right? Like you know, that's the whole idea of him is is being able to provide the inspiration whenever you need it. So, you know, are
1: you not a bard player? What have you played? No, I, bards? I, I, that's it, bard, bard. That's literally like I was gonna say the bear bard. <laughs> no, I was gonna say like anytime we
0: can make bards more useful, I'm, I'm happy with you. I, okay, okay the bard. Yeah, yeah. Bard is always what I played. I, I've been lately. I've been forcing myself not to play bard because mm-hmm. like when I first started playing, that's all I played. Cause I never gotta like finish anything with it. So I kept just restarting not the same character, but almost the same, you know, different versions of similar mm. characters. So they're all bards. And so I've been, you know, like the the campaign I'm playing in now, I'm a paladin. Just because like I realized I'd been playing for a bit and I I never played I basically only played Bard. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: um yeah, so I've been forcing myself not to play Bard. Uh but it's hard to go from a bard to a paladin. I've tried that before, I don't recommend it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm having fun with it, but it's it's because I yeah. uh I, I just made a really fun character. I really enjoy the character I'm playing. So mm. uh um, very good. But he's just he's he's a kobold paladin. Boys well, a kobold paladin that's kind of a warlock, but it's a whole <laughs> that's thing. <awesome. laughs> that's cool. That's yeah, cool. He's awesome. I love playing him. But um cool. So so uh so you're liking the rule. Actually, I think that's uh, I've the mo- most of the things I've seen, it's like I've seen a lot of negative, but I think that's because a lot of people like to, you know, negative videos just sell better. If we're honest, like I yeah. do D and D horror stories because they sell better than glory stories. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. So I feel like most of the, the titles I've seen is like, oh, and D and D is ruining the game. So, so it, it's hopeful that that you're saying that you like it, especially bards. So you know,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. bards are bards are cool. The uh, first level feats, those are going to be awesome. I, I like how they're changing those up. There's just there's a lot of good stuff. It, it's I'm, I'm liking where they're going, and we do have to keep in mind that a lot of this is still unearthed arcana, so it's not official. It's not
0: final, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, No, I got you, exactly. Uh, cool. Uh, that's always,
0: it, it's always positive to hear that, that good things are coming to the game. I guess, kind of going back a bit, what got you into creating for D&D? So obviously, like, you've had a, a love for D&D for a long time. What mm-hmm. got you, what made you decide to, like, press the create channel button on YouTube?
1: Well, as far as YouTube goes, so again, I took 15 years off from the game. And then of course, when I come back, there's YouTube and all of the, well, I I say all of these channels in 2016, there wasn't a lot, but there was a few. And that's how I taught myself how to play Pathfinder, because even though I have a ton of D&D and Pathfinder books and stuff, I'm not very good at reading. I, I, I learned a lot better by watching video. And so I watched a lot of YouTube. And I noticed that some of the channels that I I was watching, they were just simply sharing some ideas. And there was a channel that I was watching that was sharing a few puzzle ideas. This is like, well, I include puzzles in my game. I was like, you know, I should share a few of the ideas that I've run or a few of the um, uh, puzzles that I've created. And so I... I took this uh, really awful picture of myself with a brown hoodie with the hood pulled up and put myself in front of an old Advanced Dungeons and Dragons uh, DM screen. That was my that was my logo. I recorded three puzzle videos, did very little editing. I was very monotone through the whole thing, recorded it on this really cheap iPad, and I put them out on YouTube. I was like, cool. Now I've shared some things, too. And I thought I was done. If you had told me I'd be here six and a half years later, still being a YouTuber, I I would have, there's no way. I I would have, I would have laughed about it. But after those three videos, people started commenting and subscribing. And so I put two more ideas out there. And of course, uh, relatively speaking, I mean, the, the growth is slow compared to what a lot of channels see today, but I, I was just seeing it and, and it, it got me hooked. I, I enjoyed it. I love sharing ideas and getting feedback from people. And, and I've been doing it ever since. I know. See, that's the funny
0: part. It, it, it's like you don't, you get a couple people that are like, enjoy it. You're like, well, snap. I, I didn't plan on doing this, but uh, I, I guess I can do another thing. And it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, if you're a creative type, like it's, it's, you know, you want to keep doing it. Uh, it, it's tough to stop, but even, even though like, you know, you know how much work it is. It's like it, oh, yeah. trying to come out with the video weekly. It's so much work and you start stressing about it. My oh, wife's like, oh my do you, do you even enjoy this? You're always stressing about getting the video. I'm like, I know, <laughs> but I love it. It's, <laughs> you know, seeing yeah. that, seeing that growth and that, that, uh, um, seeing the channel develop, like it's, it's, I don't want to say addicting cause it's, you know, that, that can go kind of a dangerous direction, but, um. It is kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's fun for me. You yeah. know, It's fun seeing that growth and seeing it, it, you know, you see, then you get seeing different people that like have commented for a long time, you know, get the, the regulars coming in you're like, Oh, Hey, it's, it's you again. Stopping in to say, Hey, and check out the video.
1: It, yeah, exactly. And for myself personally, I've always been a creator. It was more on the writing side. And in fact, for a year prior to me beginning my YouTube channel in 2015, for those that play Magic the Gathering, there's a website called EDH Rec, which is very, very, very big now. But I was one of the first EDH writers to join that crew, and I wrote articles uh, for them for about a year. I mean, and, and I've, I've been a writer all my life to begin with, and then I also went back to school for web development. So I was creating websites. I was writing articles and things like that, and so YouTube was the next step. I had actually strongly considered. Well, I did have some Magic: The Gathering videos out there too, so I did start a Magic: The Gathering channel. and I've got a few live plays on there, but yeah, one, once I started the D and D stuff, and and it it was a faster growth rate than my articles and my Magic: The Gathering stuff, and I was just like, I was hooked.
0: I got you. That's awesome. I uh, I've I've heard of this site. I haven't seen it. I, I like it's. I, I actually like Magic. Uh, I I played quite a bit when I was younger. Um. Then it just got hard to meet up with people and play. Uh, (laughs) But so what's uh what's your favorite? What what color are you going? Your deck?
1: Oh, I'm I'm I I always uh, like to either play black white or blue black white. Those those are my colors and and EDH. But I've I've played them all. I have probably about twenty four different edh decks and i still have them i haven't played for a while just because the content creation side of D has been so busy for me plus trying to get DD games in and things like that but they're waiting for me and they look at me every once in a while they <laughs> you know they, they give me the sad face and I, i'm like i know i know we will play again someday and i still buy cards that's the funny thing is, is they have all of these these promo cards called secret layers that come out and i just love them so much and i and i and i buy them and I just stack them up there. I'm like, one day I'm going to open you, and I'm going to rebuild all my <laughs> decks, and I'll play again. But, so, what uh, did you
0: think of that uh, set that came out last year, something like that?
1: That was D and D. I loved it. It was it was amazing. Uh, I didn't get to play a lot of it, but but some of the cards, actually, the cards they did another set. So the original set that came out last year was, I, I believe, Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. And I was that just so excited right. to see see the crossover because so many so many times it's the other ways, right? We had uh, for Dungeons & Dragons, we got the Ravnica book, we got the Theros book. And to see it go the other way where Dungeons & Dragons was now Magic the Gathering, it was so cool. But I felt that, that set left a lot out and they... They upped their game this year by putting out a second set, uh, Commander Legends, I think, Baldur's Gate. And Baldur's Gate, like, filled in all of the gaps. And it, it, it like, introduced a Volo card and a bunch of new dragons and things like that. So I, I was pretty stoked. It, it was it was really cool to see them cross over. There you go. I know there's an... Uh, I, just, I just moved in the
0: shop. There's a game shop right next to me that... That's their thing is, is uh, <clears throat> magic. And so I was thinking about... I mean, it's maybe... Maybe a mile from me, and so I was thinking about checking it out because I I've, I found not all my cards, but some of my cards because I bought I bought a big set last year. It sounds like he did, you know, a big set of the adventures and in, into uh, uh, into it and, and uh, God, I love those. They got those specialty ones that look like a uh, um like an old like like sepia colored drawing.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about. Yes, oh, yes, I, I know exactly the, what they're they're, about. they're
0: gorgeous. Yeah, they're cool. I love those things so much. So, <laughs> see, I always played. I always played white though. I, uh, white green with a splash mm-hmm. of blue. Um, nice. Yeah. I was. I was. I always liked the idea of playing blue
1: or black blue, but I just mm-hmm. I wasn't good at it. I could. I always forgot my counters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, each color combination definitely brings its own. It, it's it's very similar, honestly, to Dungeons and Dragons and the characters that you play. You know. Um, The the colors. I mean, if you're to look hard enough, you you could definitely draw similarities between the colors of magic and and the different uh, classes and subclasses in D and D. I can see that, absolutely.
0: Yes, I mean, especially now as they've they've really have tried to to bring those worlds more together uh, in the last few years. You know, I guess it's uh, maybe a little bit of a Hasbro in there, like, hey, think of the expansion possibilities. But (laughs) (laughs)
1: old Papa Uh, Hasbro.
0: Exactly. So, so I guess what, what keeps you creating? Cause that's the you know, six years. That's a long time for on YouTube. That's all. That's oh, basically like three careers, right? I mean,
1: <laughs> so yeah. what, what keeps you still creating for it? I just, I just love it, man. I, I don't know what it is. I, I my videos are taking longer for me to, from start to finish. I'm putting about 10 to 12 hours into these seven to 12 minute puzzle and trap videos. But I, I just, I just enjoy it. And and I enjoy every little part of it. I wish it wasn't, it didn't take so long. I wish I could cut that down to about four hours, but, but I just can't. Um, But when those videos publish and I see the comments and, and people commenting and People saying, Hey, I use this idea and it was great. Or even when it just comes out, be like, Hey, this is a cool idea. Here's what I would do. Because when I publish a video that's an idea of a puzzle or a trap encounter that you can use in your game, it's just the way that I would run it. It's not the way to run it. And the subscribers of my channel show me that. They're like, they show me the ways that they would run it and the, the things that they would do differently. And I'm like, Man, that's a good idea. I'm glad that. This video is out there. It, when I get a chance to run it, I'm going to probably incorporate what they said, and it's. I guess it boils down to the community. It's th- that's what it is. It's the community. It's the Discord community. It's it's the YouTube, uh, the subscribers to the channel, and I've developed a lot of friendships with all of them over the years, and and I enjoy it. And I don't. I I like to be included. I don't. I don't want to not be in this space because I, because I enjoy it. I got you. That's awesome. I I uh, I know it's funny. Before I uh before I started making videos,
0: I very rarely liked a video, and I very 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 rarely actually commented because I'm like, you know, you know, they don't care if I comment or whatever. And then I start creating, and I'm just like, holy crap! I love you know the comments. It's like yeah. I read every single comment.
1: Yes you know
0: uh and you know like likes and stuff like that that helps the algorithm but like the comments like they actually do mean so like they shouldn't but like you know i love seeing them because i love seeing you know people's reactions to to you know in my case the stories and stuff like that so people underestimate how much like a a simple comment on your video can really like make a difference
1: yeah absolutely 100 percent. i mean feedback is important. And, and to be able to get that, I mean, that's what drives you. I mean, seeing, seeing more people as in the form of like subscribers to your channel, seeing that number go up, seeing your view count going up, seeing the people that comment on there, seeing repeat commenters. I mean, yeah, wh- whether it's a, a a video or a blog or a podcast, if, if you're watching and consuming that content, just I mean, leave a message, say, Hey, thanks for the topic. Enjoyed it. You know, it it means the world to them and it, and it keeps your favorite content creators doing what they do. Exactly. Yeah. See, so anytime a creator burns out, it's your fault for not responding enough,
0: commenting enough. Right. That's right. right (laughs) (laughs) You feel that responsibility. (laughs) Um, Cool. So obviously, you know, your thing is traps and puzzles. Uh that's what you're known for. Obviously you have a book about it. That's just kind of uh he's also I don't know if anyone's seen these, not anyone, but but if you're listening, you know, we do these these DM roundtables. Um he's Mm led a number of them, and and every time he does it, he obviously has some trouble uh uh, puzzles and traps kind of sprinkled in there. So Mm -hmm. what specifically like like what made you go to that niche? Is it just like are you super drawn to that? Like what and then if so, what like what about the traps and puzzles specifically cuz obviously some people don't even really use traps and puzzles or if they do it's like it's just kind of like a passive thing like oh i have to throw them in so i do
1: so like mm-hmm. what makes you like concentrate on that i i think when i first started my channel i i connected with the one or the few videos that i seen that already existed that were based on puzzles and traps and I've always felt that it was or they were an important part. I always considered them the, you know, the third pillar, which is your exploration pillar. You've got your 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 role-playing, your combat, and you have exploration. And that just goes all the way back to old school D the the old basic set in first edition for me, because puzzles and traps were included in those. And when you created a dungeon a lot of, or at least when I did, I, I, I draw out a dungeon and I'd randomly fill it. And I found myself filling it with monsters or leaving empty rooms. And so puzzles and traps filled a lot of those empty rooms for me. And they are a lot of fun and I've just had this knack for creating them. And I, I, I think they're underutilized. And so if I can help bring ideas for puzzle and trap encounters, to, uh, to a medium such as YouTube where other dungeon masters can use them. I, it's, it's just a bonus for me. So, um, so I guess to answer the question, it's just a niche area that I, I feel like I'm, I'm pre- decent at doing. And so I just want to share that and build a community and uh, raise awareness for puzzles and traps in your game. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I've actually found myself,
0: I, I haven't DM'd as much as like, you know, a lot of the, the creators and stuff like that. And so I, I personally myself found myself. I love trouble traps and puzzles, but I I just realized I wasn't putting them in. Uh, it sounds like kind of what like you were at right before. Like I I just don't. That it's, it's not on purpose. And uh, actually watching your videos and just like listening to you talk has made me, um, <clears throat> like when I went back to DMing, like I started trying to throw in more traps and puzzles because you know just just listening to you, it's like maybe oh yeah, I, I really do because I like making them every like every time you've set you uh, uh if you guys aren't familiar what he do is he put these dice out there it's like nine different dice uh, what are they called again uh the Rory's story cubes the Rory story cubes, Rory story cubes. Mm-hmm. uh he'll put down nine of them and you have to choose three and make a puzzle out of it or or a trap out of it and uh, uh i really enjoyed making them <laughs> What we were doing <laughs> on the round table i'm just like this is fun why don't i do these in the games and so i've now mm-hmm. started trying to to incorporate it more in because you you know because you did that stuff so I, I personally can attest to to it helping, yeah it's just they they are to me they are a lot of fun to make as well I just uh just didn't do it I don't I don't it wasn't on purpose it wasn't like, it wasn't like oh I'm not gonna do
1: it I just didn't you know <laughs> understandable and definitely thanks for the story that's awesome and that's I guess why I still do what I do
0: <laughs> perfect um, yeah that's <clears throat> cool. awesome. So, so when you're when you are designing your your traps and puzzles, what inspirations do you look for? Obviously, you use the story cubes. Is there any other like aspects do you bring in? Do you watch like is there anything like, do you watch like oh, yeah. a Star Trek episode and you're like, ooh,
1: that's a good trap? You know, I think like what what kind yeah. of inspirations do you take when you're making your stuff? Okay, so so I don't have a lot of extra time, but I will throw out one source that has just really that's really helped me tremendously. And, and of course, a lot of a lot of my base ideas and stuff comes from old school video games, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Legend of Zelda, you know, a a lot of those classics. I mean, that's, that helped when I was younger, that helped drive my love for, for puzzles and games and stuff. But nowadays I have very limited time. So every night before I go to bed, I, I try to watch 30 to 40 minutes of YouTube. And there's a YouTuber that goes by the name of CJU games. And what he does is he plays indie horror games. And a lot of the indie horror or the survival horror games will have puzzle and trap elements to them, and so I just like watching those. And not not only for the puzzle and trap ideas, but I I can also get a lot of ideas for for one shots for um uh, for encounters for monsters for things like that. And honestly, that's been my biggest inspiration of late is just watching watching him play so i'm watching on my switch somebody else play a video game <laughs> i i
0: forget this switch has youtube it does uh, yeah <laughs> that's awesome
1: um hey well I, I mean if you just put it into full screen it looks like you're playing so it's basically the same thing right that's that's true uh th- this guy here though his commentary is just amazing and it's just like i i, I just enjoy listening to him it's just it's I don't know. It's soothing or whatever else. And then I see puzzle ideas. I'm just like, Oh, that's cool how that works. And you don't even have to be puzzle ideas, it's just the way two objects interact or, you know, or a part of a story. And it's just, and and then my mind is strange. And then I kind of just take it on tangents from there. And then, and, and that's just what happens. I,
0: I can see that, especially like you being a writer, You know, you hear about that all the time with like, oh, so what inspired you to write this book? Oh, well, my kid was watching this kid's show and this one single specific random thing happened. And it got me thinking and I wrote a whole, uh, you know, horror series about it that had nothing to do with that thing. But that one little thing inspired me to do this whole other thing.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, That's awesome.
0: Um, So uh, do you when you play, do you do you tend to DM? Do you tend to just be a player? Is it kind of like 50 50 for you?
1: I used to mainly be a dungeon master and within the past two years I've put together my Tuesday night play group has a lot of other dungeon masters in it. So I have been very blessed to have been able to do both. So I've been doing a lot of both. I've been, I would probably say nowadays it's more of a 50 50 split, but if I had to choose between the two, I'm picking DM all day long. And I think the reason for that is just because I am I feel like I'm involved on every play of the game. It, it's like when I think back to Little League. I, I was terrible at sports, but I played Little League for a while. And you know how the right fielder can be just standing out there waiting for the ball to be hit to them or the shortstop or whatever else. The only two positions that are in on every play is a pitcher and the catcher. So I love playing catcher because I'm involved on in every play. And that's the way it is with, with being a DM. It's just like no matter what happens, I have something to interpret. So I don't know if it's like an ADHD kind of a thing, or if it's just <laughs> that I, I just need to be involved in everything that's going on. I got
0: you. No, I mean, that that's totally fair. I know that, that's, yeah. that's the, uh, I know I, I actually, my first, first position I ever played playing baseball was, was also a catcher. Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to, to keep paying attention when you're uh, always doing something than it is, mm-hmm. you know uh, you know, if you're in a long combat and, nobody else knows their turn, you know, what to spell they're doing. And all of a sudden 30, you know, 20 minutes passes and you're, Oh yeah, it's my turn again. Okay, cool. Okay. Now it's, I'm off. So I, I totally yeah. get that. So, so when you're, when you're making a, a campaign, when you're, when you're designing a campaign to play in, uh, how do you approach that? Again, kind of, I guess it's a similar thing to the puzzles question is, whereas uh, you know, like, what, what inspires you when going into that? Do you like to take, Modules and adapt them. Do you like to just kind of like make up your own thing? Do you like to use properties already? You know, you know, people obviously make like Witcher campaigns and stuff like that So what what kind of inspiration do you take into making a campaign or even a single game
1: uh, when you're DMing? I usually start off by a Session zero with the players of course and find out what they want to play. So if we're going to do something homebrew I will take an idea And I will also take all of the character sheets and look at backstories and I'll start plotting out ideas that I have for each character and how we might be able to explore their backstory over time or over sessions. And that's definitely going to vary from, from campaign to campaign. But now if during our, our get together, we all decide we're going to play a module or uh, a pre-written adventure then I will definitely take on that task. And the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to start watching YouTube videos on other folks that are playing it or have ideas for it or something along those lines. And I'm going to baby step it. I'm just going to take it one or two chapters at a time because I feel like if I read like through the entire adventure module, I'll overwhelm myself. Now that's not to say I won't skip ahead and see where I need to go if I'm looking at something, that doesn't make sense. I'd be like, well, why is this here? Maybe I'll skip ahead to see what happens later, but I like to just take a, a, a few chunks at a time and uh, just be prepared for that. But even with modules, so a lot of the times I, I'll, I'll throw a ton of homebrew into those as well. So um, yeah, I like to change things up. I got you. That's an interesting take
0: on it. Cause I obviously, you know, one of my big blocks has been, I always feel like I need to come up with a campaign, a whole campaign ahead of time, come up with all this stuff mm-hmm. and then go into and find players and all that stuff. So you're saying that you like to, I mean, you obviously have a built-in group of players, so it's a bit different as far as that, finding a group. But you're saying that you actually go into session zero, take other players and then build a campaign around that once, like after yes. you get everyone together in session. So that's interesting. I've, 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 uh, I've, I'd have I've, be interested because I, you know, you only talk to so many people, uh, you know, and said mm-hmm. normally, normally people go in, at least from my view, you go into it with already the campaign. So that's that's an interesting take. Like like, so you'd have like a session zero like way in advance. I'd assume then, and then you kind of like, well, they have these kind of players, and and then so they mm-hmm. so session zero they they don't even know. You're not telling your your players where you're going. You're just trying to
1: get a vibe for what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'll just see what they want to do. I mean, there was one time we got a group of us together, and we're like, okay, we're going to start a campaign in Ravnica. It's like, okay, cool. Uh What guilds are we going to do? What What would you like? And they all decided that they wanted to be in the Demir guild, which is a spy guild. And so from there, I started crafting a few espionage missions and, and things like that. And looked at those that did include backstories and, and things and, and seen where I could include pieces of those. So yeah, that, that's my favorite. I, I don't ever like to, write a story and then have them play through it i i like to work with the players uh to build their story and then run it for them i like that that's that's that that seems like a fun way of doing it and then it, it's you know they're
0: because obviously any story no matter what you're doing it's not the dm telling a story it's the group creating a story together so if exactly. you start from the base doing it that way you know you could really build something that everyone feels like they're connected to and a part of so i like that absolutely
1: yeah. How, so how do you do it? Do you usually run modules? Do you do campaigns? Do you mostly uh, DM? Do you mostly play? So I've, I've done, this is actually Max question for you. Uh, I've, I've
0: done one campaign. So I, I, again, I'm fairly new to running it. Back in 3.5, okay. I did a couple like one shot things, but it was so, so half, uh, half-assed. It was like, we, my, so a buddy of mine, he had, he was in this house with like a bunch of other guys and uh one of those guys, a couple of those guys played DD. This is again three five. And so mm-hmm. they're just like, hey, you guys want to play DD? I'm like, yeah, I've always wanted to try it. Sure. I've you know. Um I was the nerdy kid always playing RPG video games, so <laughs> it's the next step, right? <laughs> um and so, you know, we did it and they were it was they made a terrible environment. Like looking back on it, they made a very adversarial environment, you know, like literally two, two, two of the players that, you know, we're a young man, let's be on, you know, they're uh, between 18 and like 22. So, um, two of the players almost like actually got in a fight, you know, it was very like, uh, on edge environment, but you know, then we took it off to the side. Cause I didn't really know those guys as well, but I took, you know, my buddy and I and a few other people we went off to the side and I'm just like, well, I could kind of do this. And so like, I kind of ran a couple, uh, like that again, just made it up off the cuff. Um, and then I had a big gap as well, just, you know, where I moved away and came back and, um, not quite 15 years, but it was probably, probably about a decade. Um, oh, wow. uh, then I came back and, and I first, I'm, like, I'm like, I was like, I want to actually start DMing, but like for real this time, like I actually want a real DM. And so, uh, I did a, a module, started a module. Uh, I was not very good at the module. Uh, <laughs> my players, <laughs> I realized that it was, a uh, Dragon Heist Waterdeep. And yeah. I realized yes. that because I actually what I try to do is and, and I believe you've ran this as well. Um, in the I think it's the second chapter, uh, before the fireball, spoilers, mm-hmm. before the fireball, there's a there's a, there's a spot where it opens up because it starts off the game yes. starts off very linear and then it opens up and you can just do side questing. And basically you could turn that into a whole campaign if you wanted to that just mm-hmm. that side questing. And I started doing that. And then I just started letting them run side quests and I realized like it was just like they were just getting bored, if I'm honest, <laughs> you know, because oh, wow. these, these side quests were just kind of like I was just we're doing it as the book said. OK, mm-hmm. you go here, you roll. OK, you got the roll. Cool. OK, now let's go back. And like, you know, there's little fun moments in between and stuff like that. But I realized we were having the most fun when I just like made up my own thing. So like one of our players was going to be gone. So I didn't want to do anything further in the group. So I made this whole side story that happened with like a Robin Hood type character. And everyone's just like after that after those two sessions, everyone's just like, that was those that, that was the best D D we've played so far in this whole campaign. Oh, that's awesome. You know? And I'm just like, yeah. Oh, cool. I made that up off the cuff. Like I made it up day of because five, you know, obviously ten minutes before it started, my player's like, Oh yeah, I'm not gonna be there, naturally as one does. And so yeah, I I I literally made it up like on the spot. And they're like, which I don't fully you know, I don't recommend just, you know, making things up on the spot, <laughs> try to have a little bit of planning. But <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and they had a lot of fun. And I'm just like, you know, that was a lot more fun. And so I started kind of like rewriting it. And instead of doing, instead of, if you're unfamiliar with, with looking at the module, the module just has, it's like, here's the guild, here's all the quests, here's the, uh, the thing. And instead of doing that, I would just take it and like, like make them role play the whole thing and actually like take it into it or, or just use it as inspiration. Like, uh, the, um, the Druids, I don't remember the exact one, but it was just like, you're supposed to go find somebody. So instead of, instead of just, instead of just rolling, uh, you know, an eight or above or a 12 or above rather, um, Mm -hmm. and you find the talking horse, um, (laughs) you know, I'm Mm -hmm. just, you know, I made them really work for it. I, and I just made like, you know, a good portion of the session about that. Um, and so then I realized that I don't like modules. I like, homebrew <laughs> that's a really long way of saying I, I like to homebrew and I realized like that's mm-hmm. that's what I like to do and so uh since then I, I've I'm actually designing a campaign now um and and try to get a group together for it uh but I've done some one shots and stuff uh and, and I've I kind of played with a couple ideas there and, and yeah I just I just homebrew it kind of throw some stuff together and I I personally much prefer that because I realized that the reason I wanted to DM was as a creative exercise for myself, and so I I like the idea of being a writer, but I'm far too lazy. I'm not I'm not as cool <laughs> as Wally here, and so uh, I love the idea of being a writer, and and so I can use those ideas that I have for stories and stuff like that, um, <clears throat> just the base of it, right? Because I don't I'm not mm-hmm. wanna, I'm not here to tell a story for you because we have to create a story together, but I will use the bases of those those ideas, and then and then we can make that story together. So.
1: Uh, (laughs) Homebrewing is just so, so rewarding as you found out. And that's, that is quite the talent. I mean, to be able to improv games like that, just to make it up as you go along and, and it just be magnificent sessions. That's one of the areas that I do struggle with sometimes is, is trying to create things on the fly. So um, definitely hats off to you. That is, that is really cool. Uh, I will say the one problem
0: with it is then trying to recall that information later. So you know, in three sessions, like, hey, where where'd that Robin Hood guy go? And I I forgot the the (laughs) name I gave him. I I gave him it was like a pun of Robin Hood. So it was it was somewhat close. I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, uh, then I'm just like, oh crap! I got because I'm terrible at taking notes. I need I that is my biggest weakness as a DM and and player, honestly, is I need to take better notes. (laughs) <laughs> and so uh, when I had to go recall even just like the voices yeah, you because know, I, I, I'm the type that I try to make voices for everything and I'm just like oh shit what was his, what kind of voice did I do for him <laughs> you know because uh, they, they called me out when they went back to the yawning portal and uh, oh, no. what's
1: his face the owner had a different accent I'm just like ah which was it <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I understand that 100% I, I'm terrible taking notes I always forget what voices I may have used and I used to have a few beers on game night as well. So that didn't <laughs> help my memory at all either. I'd wake up the next day and, and they told me, yeah, Hey, thanks for that thousand gold pieces. Like I gave you a thousand gold pieces. And I didn't even know. Um, I, I could have, I could not have, they could have been messed with me. Who knows? Because my memory was bad. <laughs> I are like uh, I just broke my economy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that chapter you're talking about in Dragon Heist, that troll school alley, it is wide open. And I've actually thought about doing some videos on that because that was actually one of my favorite chapters because we made up so much of the stuff for that. It, it it does. You, you get the, in the book, you, you get the house or troll school manor. You can join factions if you want, and you go on a faction mission. And then when you're ready, you go on to, uh, to chapter three. I think we spent a lot of time, a lot of time in chapter two, because, the the whole when they got Troll Skull Manor, I made an entire dungeon crawl out of that. I, I that's where I put in a couple of puzzles. I went through and and there wasn't just one ghost there. There was three or four of them, and they needed to help them. They needed to free them, and it was just so much fun. And then we I took the those uh, those faction missions that you're talking about. There there you really just have to elaborate them or just use it for an idea and then build it. Um, it and then build on top of it like you did. Um, I th- I think the one that I ended up using was something about the scarecrows. And that led them when, when I ran that, it led them outside of Waterdeep. And we spent like four sessions outside of Waterdeep dealing with scarecrows and cultists and stuff like that. And and they're like, Wow, is this really part of the book? I'm like, No. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, actually, that that it's funny that you mentioned
0: that scarecrow one, because that scarecrow one was the first one I ran after I realized that I'm just going to change them all up, and so mm-hmm. I I did something similar where I turned that into like this real creepy, mm-hmm. uh, I guess kind of. If you're familiar with Doctor Who, uh, I kind of used the uh, the Weeping Angels as a uh, uh, inspiration to start with that, and and so that was that was my the that mission that you're talking about. I think it was the uh, the Druids actually as well. Um, Mm -hmm. that was like the first mission that I, I started kind of expanding on too. So it's, it's funny that you just mentioned that one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, That one, that one was one of my favorites. (laughs)
0: Well, yeah, especially, you know, scarecrows are inherently like, like clowns, right? It's one of those things that's inherently like, you can really turn real creepy real quick. So, so I guess not since, since you asked me, that was, that was, uh, my next question for you. Is, uh, if given the choice, are you going module homebrew? Are you kind of like what you said where you took the module and you, uh, and you kind of adapted it with your own like preference? Like what, what do you, what are you doing?
1: Uh, Yes. (laughs) That's my answer. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, yeah. Again, I I would probably just, I would just run whatever everyone wanted to play. If, If they didn't care if they just like, Wally, we don't care. Why don't you just run something? I would probably I would probably start with a module and then I would probably just take it so off far off the rails. I would use the modules for inspiration, and I don't think I would stick with with just five E either. I, w- I would find maybe some shorter ones from the past, or actually, if I were to stick with five E, some of the books like Candlekeep Mysteries and uh, the Radiant Citadel, some of these ones that have like these short sessions that you could do or these short um adventures you could do in two or three sessions those those actually make a really great way to start off a campaign if if you're stuck and you don't want to know where to start i i did oh i i actually started my most recent campaign we're running it i so it's in my homebrew world but i actually did run one of the adventures out of candlekeep mysteries and it was an absolute blast so so some of the time we're just doing 100% homebrew. Some of the times we're running out of like candle keep mysteries and um, it, this uh, library game, as we call it, is just fun because we can just, I've even tested puzzles. I, there's been a few adventures where just, we just ran just to test some puzzle ideas for my next book. And it, it's just, we, we use it just as kind of this hub and then every session can be different and we can just run, we can do whatever. And I, and I love that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I uh I've ran I've ran no, no, I have i have not run it, but I've played in one uh short from from Candle Keep. And I really want to pick up uh Radiant Citadel. I, I um if nothing else, just for the art. The art in that book is fantastic. It's uh, amazing. and so I I've actually I love that I feel like that's a direction. Uh actually both with your your new book that you guys are coming out with, but then I've seen it in general like people are instead of coming out with whole like stand-alone adventures and stuff like that they come they like people are coming out with like these things that you could slide into your own so it's almost like I, don't, I guess suggestions more like breadcrumbs that you can pick up and and pick and choose uh like like again with your guys' book where you have all these monsters but then you also have ways to uh insert them into your own adventure i love that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then just stuff like like uh um uh What's his face? XP to level three came out with that uh, questonomicon where it's just, it's basically one shots, but I think it's even like smaller than that. It, like just little bits of like, here, take this and throw it into your game. Take this and throw it into your game. And I think that's, that's a much better way of doing it as opposed to a module mm-hmm. where you can just like, oh, wow, I'm kind of stuck. I really want, well, let me pop open uh Wally's puzzle guide and let me just throw this puzzle into here and then I can sprinkle my own set dressing on it and boom. You know, I, I think stuff like that is is really awesome to help, because because you know making these sto- you know making these games and stuff is such uh, a time sink. It can be really take a lot of time, uh, you know, depending on how you prep and being able to just take stuff like that. I know uh, Fred from How to D&D, he's talked about it too, where he just has he has so many books now where he can just like <laughs> pop open this book and then mash it with this chapter from this book and mash it from this puzzle with this book. And I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think I think having stuff yeah, you know, resources like
1: that uh, is a great way of of doing it now. I, I I like I like that direction that people have been going. Oh, 100% and that's quickly becoming my favorite way to do that. Uh, You mentioned my puzzle book. It's funny because I, if I were to take one book with me to a place and then just be able to run a game, that would definitely be the book that I would take. Because after you run like one small encounter like that, a lot of the times the players will dictate where you go from there. It's 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 really neat to see the 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 things that they'll grasp on from from an encounter or whether it be a role playing encounter, a monster encounter, a exploration encounter like a trap or a puzzle. It, it's neat to see when they start exploring and, and reaching out and doing those things. And you mentioned XP to level three's resource. I haven't seen that yet, but I do. I I am familiar with one page mage. I follow him on Twitter, and actually I did a video on one of his uh, things as well. And what he does is he puts an adventure on one page. A lot of them are like five room dungeons, but also a fantastic resource you just go through and you just sift through what he has and you can just pull something out and and run it on the go.
0: That's awesome. I, actually, I feel like I've heard, maybe it was Fred talk about it, something like that. Yeah, something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, the Quest That was it was a Kickstarter he came out with last year. Um, it sounds like they've been having hell coming out with like the, um, the publishing stuff because <laughs> yeah. it was supposed to, this book was actually supposed to be sent to me back in like spring. Uh, but I think I just got, I just got a message from them saying like, oh yeah, it should be out by the end of this year now. So hopefully you'll be getting it before too long here. Um, I did, <laughs> I did back it obviously. Uh,
1: yeah, just shoot. There's, there's a Kickstarter I backed in 2019 and I'm still waiting on the, on the book. Um and and they're still working on it. it. It's it's a really big one. It it garnished a lot of uh of backers, and it's just now they're waiting for the proof so that they can take a look at it before it goes into mass pro- uh mass production. Oof. Yeah, see that's that's
0: the crazy part about it. Like I've never backed anything before. The, before last year, I'd mm-hmm. never done a Kickstarter. i always liked the idea of it, but it's just like I. Honestly, I just didn't have the money to do it. And so I I was unfamiliar with it. And so I backed two things. I backed that and I backed the uh, Avatar, the last airbender game. Okay. Uh, (laughs) And they're both just like, one was supposed to come out in uh, uh, late winter, one was supposed to come out spring. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Cool. Well, here I am a year later. I'm just like, oh, that. And then everyone's like, oh, that's pretty normal. So I think Avatar (laughs) actually just like there's, I think they either just sent the book out or like they're sending it out this month. Um. Which will be fun it's i think it's built off the uh power of the by the apocalypse
1: engine, okay. which is yeah. a very
0: popular yeah. engine um sure. i haven't played it yet but uh uh crow's, crow from crow's perch is very fond of it uh <laughs> and so uh i have i i am that and then the Christonomicon, uh and then then your book uh just today was was or yesterday today or yesterday whenever i backed it was the uh uh first was the third book i've ever Uh, first thing third third thing i've ever backed on there i should say so uh, i'm honored thanks man i appreciate that yeah see it 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 takes you know i'm just like you know what. if i'm gonna do it it's got to be it's got to be like the man the myth legend himself
1: so (laughs) (laughs) oh there we go (laughs) It, it is funny you say that though i have backed a lot of youtubers books and, and their projects. There's, there's so many, I, I, I could probably just look at my bookshelf and, and just go through all the different, um, YouTubers that I've, uh, supported their projects. So, because we're, I mean, we're all in the same space and it's all, uh, I, I very much like the idea that, um, you know, we all support each other and stuff. And, and, and I, I really feel like the D D YouTube community is, is pretty, pretty interwoven. I, I, I think, I think everybody's pretty friendly with each other and if you need help or if you want to support each other, I think, I, I think it's a pretty solid community. So, um, so thanks for backing my Kickstarter. I appreciate it. And hopefully someday I'll be able to return the favor. <laughs> actually funny enough, I am working on a book. It's, it's there go. a long way
0: out, but uh, it's a, it's a five setting book. Actually was, I'd say five V e setting book. I don't know. I might be mm-hmm. changing it to a one D and D depending on when it actually comes out, but um. Right. <laughs> yeah it, it's uh, uh, very early early stages but I don't know now that I say it's funny because like now that I'm getting more into the community which I honestly it is I, it, that's the one thing I've noticed is that it, you know you hear about all these like horror stories with um, you know these different communities that, that eat each other alive especially you know like the commentary community and stuff like that on YouTube and, and with mm-hmm. d d it really has seemed very positive for the most part I mean there's always going to be a couple outliers right. but overall like like. You know, people are super supportive and it's, you know, obviously D&D has grown a lot and it's a lot more popular than it used to be, but it's still fairly niche when you compare it to like, yeah, you know, the Jake Pauls and, and these crazy huge YouTubers. Um, you know, it is, it is fairly niche and it's, it's, I think the only one with over a million that I can think of would be uh, Critical Role. Uh, yeah. I could be wrong about right. that, but uh you know, so, but I, I have noticed a lot of these communities are, you know, we all tend to be, well, it's cause we're all playing the same game that we love. And so, you know, you come out with a book that's good. Cool. cool I'm going to support it because then I get a cool resource to, you know, to use. It's not like, it's not like it's all a bunch of like autobiographies that are, or poetry books that, you know, that are all garbage and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> not, not. I'm gonna start getting. I've people come after me from like these big communities, like, "Oh, I heard you talk yeah. bad about my this or that yeah. book." I'm
1: like, uh ah, you know. I'm I'm just gonna tell you right now that if I did an autobiography, yeah, never mind, it'd probably be garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a really, really Don't boring.
0: <laughs> See, what I'll do is I'll do a, a fictitious autobiography. It'll just be yeah. absolutely lies, but it'll be really entertaining. That's that's all you need, man. The life of Bear Bard. <laughs> Uh, perfect. Uh, no, that, that's awesome. So, uh, you know, obviously we've been talking for a while and I, I, I genuinely super appreciate. Uh, I do have one last question for you, and this is probably the most important question of the day. What is your favorite kind of
1: bear? Favorite kind of bear. I do have to say that I've got to go with the bear bard, man. Hey, first person (laughs) to get that one right.
0: Everyone always says, oh, I like polar bears and moon bears. It's like, no, it's the bear bar. That is is the the correct answer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And nobody will ever know that I got that question wrong before. So... (laughs)
0: Perfect. No, I, I, I really genuinely appreciate you taking the time. It's been awesome sitting down and talking with you. Uh, I've been lucky enough to, to, uh, you know, get to know you through the DM roundtables and stuff like that. But I was a fan yeah. first. So it has been awesome for me uh, being able to get to talk to you and, and you know, just sitting down now and, and being able to talk. This is uh, this has been a lot of fun. Um, go ahead and uh, uh, plug anything. If you want to go ahead and, and just plug your things, get uh, what are you working on? Anything coming up that you want people to to look out for?
1: Well, I am working on a Kickstarter and depending on when this goes live, it may still be out there for you to back. That would be awesome. Um, I do puzzles and traps. You can find me Wally DM on YouTube. And I have a book, the journal of puzzle encounters on drive-thru RPG, but most importantly, keep supporting the bear bard. I always appreciate seeing fantastic YouTubers that are going to be much greater than myself at some point. So um, thanks for having me on my friend. And I have enjoyed watching your content uh uh on a uh, weekly basis and I enjoy um I just enjoy being here, man. Thank you so much. Round tables and everything. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh again, if you guys are listening to this
0: on uh on anything, make sure to give it a like, uh give it a follow. If you guys are listening on something with a rating system, go ahead, give it a five star. We always appreciate it. And uh uh make sure that you are subscribed to both Wally DM and myself. Uh The subs and and comments, obviously, are always appreciated. But I think that's going to go ahead and do it for us today. Remember to stay kind, stay beautiful, and keep on living that bard life.